Hi, folks. Just a quick heads up that we have a content warning on this episode for homophobia, for transphobia, for death by suicide, self-harm, and abusive partners. So just, just heads up. We are going to mention a couple of those things. We will have a warning before we mention them specifically, but just letting you know, that's a content warning for those subjects. Thanks a lot. there and welcome to you love to see it fanbytes movie review podcast every month we pick a theme every week we watch a movie and then we decide where it belongs in our delightful neighborhood video store if it's sultry and seductive enough to slither into our hearts and our esteemed staff pick shelf if it's no two million dollars but it isn't just a stack of old newspapers either and therefore earns a place in our totally fine middle aisle or if it deserves to get straight up whacked and sent to our dreaded dumpster Lend of low-rise jeans and juice cleanses. Working the counter today, we have yours truly, Fernanda Cesar. You don't know shit, Pratis, and my fellow sever-digit Danielle lesbian sex consultant, Briando. Hi, Danielle. Hi, how are you today? Doing good. I feel like you went with a very on-the-nose choice there for your nickname. I did a little <laughs> bit. I, You know, I thought about it a lot, and I, I truly, like... Oh, it took me a while, but I, I felt good about it. I felt happy about it. And I'm I'm happy that we went with this. And it will make sense to our listeners as we advance into our uh, conversation. <laughs> so before we move into today's movie, let's talk about this month's theme. And we are celebrating the floweriest of seasons by opening up our frosty, shriveled hearts to you, our dear listener. Each week, one of us will pick a movie that captivated us not due to its rich plots or its lush cinematography, but rather due to its display of one or more crush-worthy characters. Is it love? Is it lust? Is it just raging hormones and a tall dude with a beard? Join us for Spring Fling Month and find out. This week, we're kicking things off with 1996 Wachowski sisters directed Bound. Hi, my name is Violet. We heard you working in here and I was just wondering if you'd like a cup of coffee. An open invitation like Violet comes once in a lifetime. <laughs> what the fuck is... Corky, this is Caesar, Caesar Corky. I thought, fucking dark in here. She's making an offer. It's Caesar's Mafia, huh? I need your help, Corky. Only a fool would refuse. It's over two million dollars. Because all money. Oh my God. Look at his shirt. Throw it. Is good money. You're asking me to help you fuck over the mob. I'm going to ask you ten times. I want out. I think I'm a dead man. I want in the back of the head. For the pleasure. You were nothing before you met me. Violet! You were nothing 
You had nothing. For the money. I want what's mine. I want half the money. For each other. What did she do to you? Everything you could. Bound. Welcome to our very first segment of the show called Setting the Scene, in which we introduce the movie at hand and have a little spoiler-free chat about our own personal histories with it. For those of you who don't know, Bound is a noir thriller about two women who begin a steamy love affair and then decide to steal $2 million from mobsters, you know as one does. It stars Jennifer Tilly as Violet, Gina Gershon as Corky, and some dudes as some dudes. Also, it rules. So, Danielle, <laughs> what's your history with this masterpiece of women being much, much cooler than men? Uh, so, I think this was maybe, you know, if my name was on the nose, this whole pick was on the nose. And I clearly, <laughs> I have a long and storied history with this movie. Although not in lo as long and storied as as could be. I actually um, only watched it for the first time in grad school, probably 2007, 2008 or so, uh, because I was, uh, okay. When I was in grad school, and also for a few years after, I was a regular freelancer for a queer women media site. I reviewed a lot of movies. I did a lot of retro reviews. I reviewed a lot of older queer movies. So I've seen most movies with lesbians in them. Like most, okay. I wouldn't say all, but I would say <laughs> genuinely most in from like Western, you know, uh, from America and probably a lot of Europe, <laughs> basically. Uh, I wouldn't say from all over the world, but, you know, a, a lot, a lot of what's out there. And I had a video blog called Retro Reviewing where myself, my girlfriend at the time and two of our best friends did reviews of okay. uh, of queer movies, movies specifically about queer women and. Uh, like very specifically about queer women. We did this movie and it was like, by far and away, with like maybe one or two exceptions, the best lesbian movie of the 90s by like country, not a country mile, a country fucking marathon. Like most, <laughs> most queer movies, especially at the time, were just, they had no funding. They had no budget. They had no professional mm -hmm. actors. Like just, it just wasn't, you know, it, there was a, a incredible charm to some of those movies there's a lot of like valuable work to a lot of those movies mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily great works of film right they're they're just not necessarily professionally made films yeah. here is a movie that you know again it doesn't have like a huge budget or anything but it does have yeah. the Wachowski sisters who knew what they were doing who were yeah. professional film directors with yeah. professional actors who are extremely good with a script that's mm -hmm. a lot of fun with like actually great filmmaking very fun a little over the top but really quite good filmmaking and yeah. it's hot as hell and I won't spoil anything but it, it avoids most of the tropes about queer filmmaking okay. which were incredibly negative incredibly upsetting just really 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 bad stuff I will say this in most movies about lesbians before like the year I don't know 2005 I'm gonna pick somebody fucking dies or both women end up in like unhappy relationships with them. right always Always before like the modern era <laughs> like uh -huh. this happened all the time and like here is a movie where again I'm not spoiling anything but those tropes don't happen yeah. It, so this is like a fucking revelation of a movie. 
Um, and so I've watched it many, many times. I was actually a little worried this time that maybe it wouldn't hold up as well as a film mm-hmm. because I know what it means to me. I know what it means to queer women. I know what it means, honestly, with the Wachowski sisters. Like, there's so much meaning here, and there's so much importance here in this, you know, kind of unassuming little thriller, right? This is not like, you don't look at this movie and think, oh, this is the most formative movie in history, right? But for a lot of people, it's actually a very important movie. Oh, my God. I'm so happy to say it holds up. (laughs) Like, it really holds up. Yeah. It's directed by trans women, and it shows. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) amazingly um you lived like a thousand lives danielle whenever Mm -hmm. we talk about anything you're like oh i used to do that or i used to review have a blog like (laughs) oh when i used to work like at nasa when i was in charge of like maritime explorations (laughs) in serbia and i had that stint (laughs) living in sarajevo uh i was so I love it. I love it for us. And oh, I you. am actually very excited to hear your thoughts on this based on, I knew how um, invested you were in this movie oh, yeah. right away. Yeah. Uh, and after watching it, I'm so curious to hear your thoughts. I want to ask though, because I feel like this has been a struggle for all of us. For yeah. I mentioned it in the intro, but for you, those of you who don't understand, what we're kind of doing here is we're all, each of us in the podcast, uh, Danielle, me, uh, Paul, we're picking our own movies on on a character or more that we had crushes on. And it could be, you know, reasonable, logically based crush. It could be a stupid crush. We, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. It could be anything. But I really struggled uh, with the concept a lot more than I thought I would. Because <laughs> um, if we had said just like, oh, pick a character like you're horny for, that's easy. I'm easy. like horny for everyone. That's yeah. super, that's not a very complicated uh, task at all. Because you can be horny for people you think suck. And be like, there's, <laughs> there's a, I hate this person. But yeah. somehow my hormones respond differently and that's acceptable we'll take that but crush i feel like crush is deeper so how hard and i know you 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 took to twitter took to twitter i hate i did i I took to twitter it's okay it's okay you took (laughs) you broke your silence and took to twitter (laughs) to ask for help yeah. For to 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 make your choice for this month. Why? What was challenging about oh, the yeah, process absolutely. of picking a crush? Absolutely. Really, the <laughs> biggest thing was I could only. Okay, so there was Ellen Ripley, which is like because she's in. Yeah, of course. Partially because she's the fucking best, and partially because that's my favorite movie of all time. And like, I never don't want to watch Alien. So you know, yeah. but I was like, I want something else for this, and I want mm-hmm. something that's. You know, it, it's okay if it's obvious. Bound is a pretty fucking obvious one for me. Like, I know, I know. I'm not trying to say, oh, I really went to left field with this. <laughs> I did not. I just didn't. Like, I want to watch Alien for a different theme. That's really kind of yeah. what it was. It was like, I really I do want to watch that for a different theme. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's totally cool if yeah, if we ended up with that. But I was kind of like, no, you know what? Also, my brain was broken last week. I, I had, like, a very busy week. I was very mm-hmm. tired. I was very much looking forward to, I just took a little mini vacation. Um, I was mostly focused on that. So it was like, just give me some help friends. (laughs) And I, and I had a lot of really wonderful suggestions and I was like, you know, I was tempted to go with something else. I was actually tempted to go with Dizzy Flores from Starship Troopers, who I, who is the fucking best, just the best. She's like the most badass lady. However, 
her whole storyline in that movie is being in love with the main guy. And it's like, she's a football player and a soldier and the biggest badass and the best fighter and the best at everything. But all she wants to do is fuck Johnny. And it's like, that's fine. I don't blame (laughs) her for wanting to fuck Johnny. He has a beautiful butt. Casper Van Dien in 1997. (laughs) There was no, honestly, unimpeachable butt. I don't blame any heteros. And I'm, again, I will, I will say this. And I said this in the Twitter. I'm actually bi. I'm just way more gay than straight. So like, I appreciate a man's beautiful butt. I truly do. I think it's wonderful. I just, you know, I just You find contain women. multitudes. I contain you. multitudes. I truly do. And I know. And this podcast <laughs> will probably go to some places about me that, like, I, we'll keep it above board. But I'm just like, you know, we're talking about crushes. We're talking about attraction. I feel like this is fine to say. Uh, but, yeah I, yeah, I was like, I love that I love sci-fi and horror so much. Those are my favorite places to be. But I also want to show that, like, I like other things. I like thrillers. I like movies about, mm-hmm. you know, human beings too. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I was... Human beings that are just like existing on Earth. Right. Without and having to necessarily dismantle an alien operation or, exactly. you know, a comet or the literal core exactly. of the Earth. So I, I contain that. multitudes, which means <laughs> you do. I love space, but also it's okay to like enjoy a great thriller about the mob and about the hottest women who have ever lived taking down a shitty mob guy. Like, that's beautiful. Also, I I saw this on my little vacation and I was like, no, this, this is it. This is my crush. This is my crush. It all came together. It was perfect. I'm sorry. This is like the longest story. <laughs> I gave no, you such a long answer. But yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that's what I wanted. We'll get into, I... We'll get into my my crush situation uh, sure. yeah. on my episode, and we'll cover some sad things I discovered about myself, okay. Uh, okay. including but not limited to my uh, attraction to pasty sad guys. But we'll get there. We'll get there. That's a subject <laughs> for another show. Uh, after watching the movie, I'm like, I get it. But before we move into uh, the actual discussion of the movie, we have two hot women as the lead. Uh, Violet and Corky. And who is your crush? Is it Violet, Corky, or both? Oh, it's absolutely both. Um, No questions. No question at all. I, you know, again, I don't want to... This is going to be a question. I've thought about this a lot, of how much to reveal about myself in my crushes (laughs) in this movie that we're talking about. (laughs) I don't really have a type. Uh, Some people do. And like, I don't know how much like, again, lesbian sex education will be a part of this podcast. I don't want it to be, you know, the only thing we talk about, of course. But like, you know, there's a butch femme thing going on here. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a butch femme thing going on here. And uh, Gina Kirshen's character, Corky, is definitely Hollywood butch. Like, that's that's real. Like, she still has like long hair and lipstick. (laughs) Like, she's not like a fully, fully masculine butch woman uh, in this movie. And that's more than fine. And that's also a thing that people can be. You can be somewhere in between. And that's awesome and great and wonderful. Uh, Jennifer Tilly is much more sort of like classically femme here. For sure. For sure. I'm not saying like Hollywood necessarily beautiful, but like classic femme. She wears little dresses and shows her boobs a lot. Like that's a thing. Whereas uh, Corky is much more like she's wearing like painter's pants and tank tops with no bra and like you know she's got lesbian tattoos <laughs> like there's there's like a butch femme thing going on here but they're yeah. both 
you know, I, I would say, like, again, this is sort of a Hollywood butch thing kind of going on than necessarily like a full butch thing going on for Corky. Um, and Gina Gershon is one of the just hottest people who's ever lived, like ever lived, <laughs> ever breathed life. Um, yeah. We did do Showgirls in an earlier iteration of this podcast, which I, again, I think is a brilliant movie and a brilliant work of satire. And she is beyond in that movie, too. So I already just had a crush on her in general. Okay. So I have a crush on her in this movie as well. And I genuinely find both of them, like, I I just, they're both so hot in this movie. And, like, they have are. such incredible, incredible chemistry that it's, like, coming off of the screen. Like, there's, like, heat coming off of the screen at all times. So a genuine crush on both of them, I would say. We touched on a lot of what we're getting into deeper. Like my history yeah. with the movie, I'll keep it brief. I had none. I had okay, no idea okay. it existed, had yeah. never heard of it. Uh, but the minute I mentioned it to my uh, hetero men husband, he was like, <laughs> oh, I remember that movie. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and he was like, it's amazing. And I'm in love with both of them. He said yeah. that it was the beginning. Like he was just I had seen Showgirls with him. So I knew about <sighs> his crush on Gina, but not Jennifer yes. Tilly. And he was like, I was just in love with with both of them. And uh, my one sad thing is that I didn't get to see like their boobs and then the movie started and I was watching it by myself and there were boobs. So I just texted him boobs and then (laughs) he came in and I, I rewound boobs on all caps with an exclamation mark. I rewound, he saw the boobs and he was like, thank you for the boobs. And then he left. So very, very healthy uh, dynamics going on in this house. I think maybe he watched another version that was censored or something because I read on IMDb that there were like, um, there was a more explicit cut with their sex, their second uh, lovemaking scene that was mm-hmm. more explicit. And uh, also the scene where somebody gets their head bashed in against the toilet. But that's a spoiler. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. my history with the movie uh, non-existent. Uh, and that was that made it a, like a very delicious experience for me because I didn't read anything about it. I went into it completely fresh and it really, really surprised me. But we'll get into all the details of the movie in our second segment, the stripping it down segment, which again makes particular sense with this movie, uh, <laughs> because again, there are boobs. Not a lot, not a lot. I will say this. Right. Uh, if right. You just and, don't and go into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go into it thinking it's just a boob fest. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's it is not, not just a boob fest. The boobs are icing no. on a beautiful cake. That's what yeah. I would say. Yes. They're. Yes. Brief enough to be like, uh, so you value them more. But <laughs> we'll get into it in our stripping it down section, which will contain spoilers. But before we do all that, let's go on a little ad break. We're back with our stripping it down section in which we discuss plot specific aspects and little details of the film, which obviously includes spoilers. So in case you haven't watched the movie yet, fix it. Watch it. It's really cool. But uh, you can also not watch it. 
and just be prepared <laughs> to have it spoiled by us. I don't think it will ruin your enjoyment of this particular flick, if I'm being honest, because it's it's in the details. But yeah, so we have a lot to dive into here. We covered some of it, uh, but I do want to touch on something, Danielle, that I feel like you're yeah. you're better equipped to discuss uh, <laughs> than I am uh, as a as a hetero um, <laughs> at first, which is kind of like the dynamics between the two. And like you said, you feel like this is a, a an actually one of the good queer films and yes. especially, and certainly from, for 90s standards. Yes. And as I was watching it, so the movie has very weird pacing, which I say is a compliment. Uh, I love it. It starts off very like erotic thriller. <laughs> like the acting is the most, the way that, Everything yeah. is the most. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay. And then it completely switches gears uh, later on in a very like interesting and to me, uh, unexpected kind of way. But <laughs> the romance between the two, right? As it started with this, what I felt like very erotic uh, kind of like theme, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, like Jennifer Tilly's character sort of is the one who seduces Jennifer Tilly, as as Danielle said, the more like traditionally feminine, uh, yeah. hetero presenting lady, because yeah. she shows up in a relationship with a man, uh, Caesar, who she lives with. And um, meanwhile, Corky uh, is just presented very clearly as a lesbian, uh, you know, and just the tattoos like it's very <laughs> yeah. i'm just gonna wrap a tribal around her arm and put the i forgot the double uh sided sword thing there's a name yeah, the labrys yeah labrys yeah. yeah so there's really no no yeah. question of what you're looking at <laughs> uh but, yeah. but uh jennifer tilly is the one uh who does this sort of seducing and i was watching it kind of like ah this kind of looks to me like what a a straight woman like how we would seduce a man, uh, but doing it like, I don't, I don't know. I was a little like, I didn't know what to think. Like, is this very male gazy still? Um, and then the movie developed and the relationship between the two developed and the themes developed. And I kind of like, is this, is it male gazy or is it me projecting a bunch of stuff based on what I'm used to watching uh, yeah. in movies, especially in this genre. Right. And you know, I kind of thought about uh, the Wachowski sisters' own, like, gender identity and, yeah. you know, how these movies usually play out with the straight dynamics. And I kind of had a completely uh, different different type of thinking, uh, especially with the ending, which we will discuss in a bit. But, yeah, and then it completely turned around for me. And I was like, that is, like, a weirdly progressive movie for yeah. the time and age but i was like you know what who's gonna i i really i was super curious watching it just thinking like i need to pick danielle's brain on this because yeah. i feel like she's gonna have some thoughts um so how do you how do you feel that that sort of the romantic bond between the two and the chemistry as you said you feel like they had really good chem chemistry on screen and I don't know, anybody who watches it will see that. It's like, yeah. it's very obvious. But how do you feel like the romantic uh, involvement part, you know, like the beyond just the physical was was developed in this movie? Yeah, I really love it. I mean, to me now in 2022, it reads as like almost a bait and switch in the way that you're yeah. talking about that. Like, oh, this is a, a noir 
you know, the the femme fatale who is going to, you know, and, and Corky is in the sort of role of the straight man kind of thing. The, the man who is, you know, seduced mm-hmm. by the evil woman and then to do her bidding kind of thing. That that was, you know, almost like what they're setting up to an extent. And it's completely not that. No. Yeah. Like, they're in love with each other. And it's fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole... A lot of dialogue about trust and learning who to trust and who do you know and what are the differences between us. And it also comes to pass that, um, uh, God, I can't believe I almost forgot her name. Violet. How could I forget Violet's name? So Violet <laughs> like, is, is a sex worker and she, she just speaks very frankly and very plainly about her work and the way she does her yeah. work. And that, again, that is another kind of progressive thing that's almost like showing you No, actually, this movie is very progressive. And these are two progressive women who don't fit certain standards, who are going against men who are just the most cartoonish buffoon (laughs) men, like mafia bro dudes who are like just absolute fucking violent cartoons, right? Like, and they are breaking out of this world. Like they're First of all, they're fucking them over and they're breaking out of it. Doesn't mean that that just happens. Like there's a lot, there's a long journey to get there for sure. But this really feels, especially through the lens of of saying that like, you know, two trans women who weren't necessarily out yet. And I believe they both identify as queer women. And please correct me if I'm wrong. um, But uh, I don't know. Two women who, you know, didn't necessarily um, know that they were out yet or or live out yet made this movie as such a like incredible like perhaps a trans narrative absolutely a queer narrative like mm-hmm. people it's a movie about people who don't fit a mold who don't have to fit a mold and they can be happy together and they can fucking drive away to she's a lady together like absolute fucking brilliance and the the romance plays really really well for me i watch it and i believe it again yeah. that sort of early scene it's such an obvious fucking seduction but you also, as you watch the movie, you understand this is an obvious movie. This movie is like <laughs> exactly. pretty over the top. There's not a lot of subtext. Now, of course, you can read subtext into it. Again, with the gender um, sort of aspect, you can read subtext into it. So I'm not trying to say, oh, there's no subtext. But uh, the way it plays, the way the narrative plays, very, you know, over the top. And it is probably the Wachowski's most restrained movie which is yeah in a way which is odd to say but i get what it's like <laughs> which what is you're like funny because it's it's a fairly over-the-top thriller right again cartoonish characters kind of caricatures running around i i actually think the women are fairly well developed if you kind of you know read between the lines and look at what's going on and kind of also look at like the butch femme dynamic that's kind of going on and and who's powerful and you know who uses their power etc cetera, etc cetera. there are things going on for sure but you know, the men aren't developed at all. They're just, like, I guess yeah. Mickey is, like, the least awful man. But that's just because he thinks Violet's a nice lady. Like, that's it. They're all <laughs> bad. <laughs> They're all, like, bad gangsters. Um. So, yeah. And I also, like, I just have to shout out that Susie Bright was brought on as, like, a lesbian sex consultant. Like, on the, and she's technically a technical consultant, I believe, in the credits. But it's, like, I just can't even tell you how much I appreciate that. Okay. Again. Don't, I don't want to reveal too much. However, in a lot of movies, when women have 
relations with one another. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't it doesn't look that like what it looks course. like. <laughs> like it doesn't look like what it necessarily looks like in real life. And there are yeah. many ways it can look in real life. Of course, there's a billion ways to have sex. There are for any variation of, of human course. beings with yeah. any gender identity whatsoever. However, it, it actually looks relatively realistic <laughs> in this movie and like in a way that's like Oh yeah, no, this this kind of makes sense. Now it does also open up questions about who is the top in this relationship. Which, <laughs> if you are going through like the very traditional dynamics, especially in like the '90s, especially because this feels like a throwback of like butch and femme, which traditionally would top, uh, sorry, would like map to top and bottom. But I don't know if yeah. that's what's going on here. They kind of leave that out in the open, which I also find interesting. Uh, again, maybe this isn't like the thing that everyone will see in this movie but myself watching it i'm kind of like i'm really but that's really interesting actually curious Uh, what's going on here again a very long answer but this movie is so near and dear to my heart i i just have so many feelings and thoughts about it no and i'm much more interested in your feelings and thoughts about it than mine in this particular thing like Again, I I don't know. I uh, to, at the risk of being TMI, like I I call myself most mostly hetero for the same sure. reason I identify as white. Like Americans sure. might not think I'm white, but I gotcha. grew up with white privilege, so sure. I'm white, right? I'm not gonna assume an identity and the struggles of our, an identity that I never ran into. And I've only had straight relationships and I've only ever had sex with men, even though I've like made out with women and I find women attractive. And I like to think if one day I were to be divorced, sorry, hubby, (laughs) hopefully not. Or maybe you die in a tragic car accident. Who knows? Uh, And I fall in love with a person. I'm open to falling in love with a person, whatever that person is. Uh, I don't care. Men, women, non-binary. I like to think that this is that I've progressed to that level with my sexuality, but I've only ever been in straight relationships and I've only ever had sex um, with men. Sure. So like I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell visually how feasible that is, <laughs> but I will say my best friend uh, from when I was a kid is a lesbian and she has been out for a very long time. Like uh, since she was like 15 or something, nice. which is not that yeah. common, I guess yeah. uh, in Brazil at least or not at the time. And uh, she's always warned me. She was like, these scenes that you see in movies tend to, tend to be suspicious. That's not how it very works. Very suspicious. <laughs> very, very suspicious. And also, like, hilarious. A lot of, like, <laughs> legitimately, like, very funny. Like, what what is she doing? Where Where is the arm? Where is the hit? Where, what? What? This a is man not wrote this. <laughs> a man fucking wrote this. Like, this is a man's porn. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, all the time. All the time. Constantly. With, Absolutely constantly. Yeah, with these scenes, with my hetero eyes, I'm like, this, this looks hot to me. Like, yes. this looks like a good sex scene. And yes. then it, it, it turned out, and this explains your uh, nickname from early on, that they actually hired a sex consultant yes, for... For that scene, right? Uh, What do you know about her? Oh, my God. Uh, Not much. I remember reading about this at one point. There is a SusieBright.com, which is very good. SusieBright. Wait. Or what's coming up is, you know, she's an American feminist, author, journalist, critic, editor, publisher, producer, fine print editor, and performer, often on the subject of politics and sexuality. Uh, She's one of the early uh, writer activists referred to as a sex-positive feminist. Um, awesome. so yeah, I don't know like, as much about her. I, I just remember this being a whole ass thing. 
Uh, apparently, okay. one of her other names is Susie Sexpert. That's very nice. Uh, <laughs> That's like that. uh, amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. That's so aspirational. Imagine being able to use Sexpert as your nickname. Oh, so happy. Now, I again, I don't know that much about her. I do not know yeah. if she's done problematic things. I, I do okay. not know. So I don't want to like say, wow, she's perfect because I don't know of her that yeah. much. I just know I had read long ago that they they hired uh, her specifically for Bound uh, to make sure yeah. that the love scenes looked realistic, which makes me and that's, so happy. Um, yeah, I'm guessing that's not a thing that happened a lot. in the Like we're just now hearing about like people more diligent about having like intimacy consultants and stuff yes. and scenes. I don't know. I think it's a different thing. Of course, the intimacy consultants are more there to like make sure that people are comfortable. I don't know. In this situation, I did read an interview with Jennifer Tilly in nice. which she was talking about how they actually had a lot of fun and like how that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. And she made Gina sound so cool. Um, there was a, this one particular interview that I read in which she said, when we did the love scenes, we were just laughing. Oh, I was I a little that. nervous. Bef- that is so cool. I, I was a little that. nervous yeah. before the first one. She adds, Gina showed up outside my dressing room and she knocked on my door and she goes, Jennifer, are you in there? And I said, yes, because I was. She says, I have tequila. And she flings <laughs> open the door and she's got this big bottle of tequila. We <laughs> sat in my dressing room and drank tequila until we had to shoot the first scene where I was kissing her. Uh, then there's the author interjecting. It's hard to believe anyone would need tequila to kiss either Gina or Jennifer. Correct. Maybe to build up the nerve to ask for a dance, but the smooch should be the easy part. <laughs> Not wrong. And Gina did come with sterling recommendations. Uh, and then another quote. Before, when I was a, a little nervous, says Jennifer, she was going, why are you nervous? I'm a good kisser. Just ask Elizabeth Berkeley. <laughs> she yes. says I'm one of the best kissers she's ever had. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so this sounds like it was just fun to do and like having a sex consultant seems like a thing I don't know I could be wrong and please listeners correct me but I don't think it seems like something a lot of people were doing then oh no Um, no especially with like two women uh in, in any form of intimacy, like a lot of the times it just feels like it's done so that men could find it hot yeah um Right. So this is to me just a very interesting thing that uh, really translates as a as a hetero. And they yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. I'm always ashamed to say her. Well, it's just, it's, I'm straight. I mean, I'm no, straight. It makes, <laughs> I, I totally get it. Um, I was going to say this is like the most opposite thing to something like blue is the warmest color. Right. Which is Oh, like, my God. Uh, I was literally about yeah. to say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That oh, the sorry, scene. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, because the scene about like traumatized both of them, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Both of the actresses spoke about how like horrible, right? I don't know if both, but there were talks about like how just horrible it was to film that scene. And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't seem that way with Gina yeah. and Jennifer, but I don't know. I haven't read Gina talking about it. It seemed like a lot of fun and uh, they seem like great people and it really played really well. Uh, the chemistry between the two of them, but also, as you were saying, the romance. And it's really unexpected because, and you touched on it in the beginning, uh, but I also had added it to my notes because I kept expecting the entire movie for the other shoe to drop. 
I kept expecting, (laughs) again, because I didn't know anything about the movie and I didn't know it was like such a a queer, like iconic uh, movie. I had no idea. So I just kept expecting like Violet to be an asshole at some point. Yeah. Um, Right. For her to be. And that's also how she played it. Uh, She played it very smart. Like the character of Violet is like very the classic sort of femme fatale. And we're used to seeing the femme fatale be a little conniving or just a bit of an asshole. So I kept expecting (laughs) that to happen. I kept expecting like her to do something terrible to Corky or, you know, for the ending to be so tragic and to have like such a terrible twist and no it really played out like this romance between two women who spoiler alert stay together in the end and run off together to probably start uh the the lesbian utopia you yes you that I want in every movie. <laughs> Again, that you've been advocating for. <laughs> Again, second movie that ends the perfect way that we've watched in a couple months. And I'm like, yeah, see, see what I mean? This is, this is perfect. This is what perfection looks like. This is what happiness is. It's also like a, a perfect music choice. It's on the nose. It's corny. It's over the top, but it's perfect. And that last line of like, you know, the difference between you and me and, you know, of course, Jennifer Tilly, what? You know, she has this very, like, <laughs> affected voice. Now, Jennifer Tilly has that voice in general. Like, that's, she just has a high voice. Um, But, like, yeah. I think she's affecting it uh, pretty, pretty intensely. And that's also kind of part of the whole thing, the, like, baby doll look and the, you know, baby doll kind of, like, voice that she's doing. Like, she's she's playing a character, you know? Um, And, and then, you know, uh, Violet, sorry, Corky is just, like, nothing. And they just make out. And she's a lady plays and they're in that new truck and it's, it's perfection. It's this is perfection. What, this is what movies, this is what a movie ending should be. Women don't <laughs> end up with hetero dudes in a miserable marriage that they're miserable about. And neither of them yeah. ends up, it's big spoiler, uh, not big spoiler, excuse me. Big, 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 big uh, content warning here. A lot of lesbian movies end in a death by suicide. It is miserable and it is awful, especially again at the time or before this time. So frequent at one or two of those things happen. Uh, Maybe both sometimes of those things happen. So the fact that not only does it not end with the shittiest, most fucked up, horrible tropes, it ends with like genuine happiness. They won. Violet kills this guy who's like basically abusive to her. Definitely controlling. And, like, kind of implied to be abusive towards her. She fucking kills the guy in the most dramatic-ass way. And then they take off with the money, and they're happy, and they're in love. And all the things they've talked about throughout the movie, about trust, about, like, pulling this off, you need to know the other person. You need to know them Mm -hmm. better than anything. You know, you need to, like, have this love and this trust. They they do it. Like, they make it happen. It's, it's like, it's so perfect. I can't even imagine that it's real and that it happened in 1996. Like, there are times I'm like, how did this get made? How did this movie get made? It's, like, something I would still be shocked to see now. Uh, so, yeah, it's really quite a bit. In this interview uh, that I that I mentioned, it's for Diva Magazine, by the way, and the name is Bound to Please. Um, So you can just throw that on Google uh, if you want to. We'll probably have that on the episode notes. But um, Jennifer says that she heard that a lot of actresses had turned down the role 
um, that like the the one of the Wachowski sisters uh, told her that the they turned that there are a lot of actresses turned down the role, and she was like. A lot of actresses complain that they don't get to have, like, enough interesting female characters. Mm. And you have these super interesting, like, well-constructed, powerful female characters, and you don't want to do that. Like, to me, that's just something along those lines. I'm not quoting directly, but, like, I feel like that's just wasteful. And she's absolutely right. Like, these are such juicy, juicy characters. Like, beyond the the queer aspect of it like as a woman i'm so used to seeing the character of violet which i'm in i love corky obviously corky but corky is very <laughs> obviously awesome yeah violet is like usually you see this character of this hot beautiful beautiful woman or as either like dumb or an asshole yep. <laughs> like yep, yep, yep. or just boring or just meek or like or just playing second fiddle to something. It's very hard to see, like, and she, like you said, like Jennifer Tilly really has that voice. And yeah. the way the character is built up, you're kind of expecting like some bad twist for her, for her to fuck up or to and and no, this is just a very beautiful hot woman who happens to, you know, also be awesome. And it's really it's so refreshing. It's just such a different character, even now. Uh, from what we're able to see. I feel like when we have really cool female characters, there's always a twist to make them look less girly, right? Like when you you mentioned Ripley. Ripley doesn't look girly. Right. My personal favorite, Sarah Connor. Um, Yes. Linda Hamilton is gorgeous, but like you're putting muscles on her. She dresses in the the second movie, Terminator uh, and T2. Like she's dressed more uh, like a classical badass. Like you have to put those turns, you have to dirty them up a bit so that we can accept them as badass women. And then you have Violet who none of that happens. She just portrayed in a very like feminine, seductive way the entire time, but she's also a badass. And I love it. Like, I feel like the way that this character was led and the way that it ended was just like chef's kiss. I love this so much. And to me, it was just so unexpected. And you mentioned, like, I feel like there are such little interesting droplets of wisdom. Uh, <laughs> like when when, when um, they're talking about sex, right? Because Violet uh, and Corky are talking and Corky says something like, Violet, like, because Corky, uh, Violet says that she doesn't have sex with men, right? Mm-hmm. And Corky says, I heard you. And she says, that wasn't sex, that was work. Yeah. And you're like, that is such yeah. an amazing fucking line it's and so in the good. end it's so good yeah, I, re- it's I was just so fucking good. <laughs> it's like that's my job dude like that's it and it's so fucking good and it's just like again this would feel revolutionary now legitimately yeah. it legitimately would and this movie is from 1996 this movie is from pre-ellen coming out which is something that i can't wrap my head around sometimes of how like formative and how early and how like positively queer it is like, I, I know this, again, this is maybe beyond the purview of this podcast, and I'm not saying Ellen DeGeneres is great, uh, not even slightly. Just, like, in the context of the times, Ellen DeGeneres came out in 1997, and it was, like, mm-hmm. a national fucking conversation about queer people. It was, like, a... I remember this happening. I remember being, like, a young teenager when this happened. I didn't know I was queer yet, and I thought mm-hmm. it was, like, the biggest deal in the universe because it was on, like, every magazine every talk show Oprah had a whole thing about like, it was just, it was wild. What a thing it was. It was like, Americans Mm -hmm. are talking about queer people for the first time almost. Yeah. Like, Oh, what a thing. These queers, like it's truly fucking wild. 
right? Truly wild. And we think about, and this is something I am legitimately very grateful for, for the activists who, you know, kind of came before me and made my life a thousand times better. Mm -hmm. Again, as a privileged queer, for sure. Um, (laughs) So I say that with like that massive grain of salt too. But like, I imagine what my life would be like if it weren't for a lot of folks who were doing this in media, right? Who were, again, I'm not trying to say Ellen DeGeneres is great, but it was a yeah, big fucking it. deal. It was a big, 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 big fucking deal. I'm not saying Will and Grace is the best thing in the world. It was a big <laughs> fucking deal. Like showing Americans, uh, and I can only speak about America because I've only ever lived here in my life, um, but just yeah. showing Americans that like gay people exist and don't have fucking horns and they're not evil and they're not going <laughs> to like kill your yeah. baby. Like, legitimately that's how fucking backwards and stupid (laughs) things were even at this point in 1996 like that is beyond crazy to me and also absolutely wild and also really really truly humbling as like a 38 year old who was like a teenager at the time um that this is in my lifetime that people had these attitudes they still do in a lot of places so i'm not trying to say oh everything's fixed not even slightly just that that is legitimately wild to me and that this piece of art that this little movie came Mm -hmm. out at this time and got so many things right and was so interesting and awesome and fun and did what it did like it's hard for me to just think about this movie as just a movie like it is actually hard for me to just think about the sort of artistic merits of it which I think are awesome again I think it's a fun and awesome and good movie that has an amazing romance in it and like yeah actually is like a very fun piece of thriller filmmaking but I, I, again, can't, like, escape uh, the context under which it was made. And the fact that, of course, again, the Wachowski sisters made it is also just unbelievable. This confluence of things that happened to make this movie happen are wild to me. And, like, something, again, I'm, like, sitting here, like, almost getting emotional thinking about it. Like, holy, holy shit, they did this. They did this, <laughs> you know, in 1996. How the fuck did they do this? <laughs> They mentioned uh, on IMDb, and I try to find the sources because they also mentioned on Wikipedia, but the archive was out, so I couldn't access any of the older stories, and it's no longer available. Uh, But there was some mention of, like, some execs or whatever telling them, like, oh, take Corky out and put a man there, and we'll do the movie. And the sister is being like, that movie has been done too many times, and we're not interested in that. Uh, So I couldn't, like, find the original source for that or verify it, but, like... It, it it tracks yeah, yeah. <laughs> that people would like to, to do that to this movie, right? It's absolutely wild. I can't imagine why you would be emotional. Because we talk, again, 96. I was seven. And when I, like I mentioned my, my best friend who came out early on, like I was in a, that was the height of tattoo. <laughs> the duo oh, tattoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So in the same way that, it was, and we were in a very alternative group sure. in which, you know, the, 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 uh, we were a lot more open-minded, I guess, than a lot of other groups. But yeah. my friend had a girlfriend and like when her girlfriend went to meet her, like at the school, at the door of the school, like a lot of us had our, you know, not me. Cause I took forever to have a boyfriend cause I was a very strange child, but like, <laughs> <laughs> when a lot of, uh, like a lot of us did, like with her, we had to pretend that her girlfriend was a friend, mm. you know? So yeah. it's not to say 
that Brazil, it's ah, it's a whole other conversation to talk about Brazil's sure, attitudes sure. to GL to the LGBTQ uh, plus community, which uh, it's a very gay friendly. Like Rio is a very gay friendly city in one way, but at the same time, we have very high rates of like uh, trans people getting uh, trigger trigger warning, uh, getting murdered and stuff. Yeah. So it's like. It's another complicated conversation, but like those are attitudes that are recent because I'm 32 and I was witnessing that with my friends and my lesbian friends when they were like 16, 17. So it really is revolutionary to think about this movie in 96. Like, right. Like, so I absolutely, that's my long winded way of saying, I absolutely understand uh, what you're saying and how exciting it is to see. And this is me in 2022 watching it for the first time and be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, this is great! So cool. <laughs> and beyond that, like, uh, Jennifer Tilly's character, right, Violet? I don't... It doesn't even come across as she's ashamed. Like, she's a lady doing what she needs to do to survive. Yeah. The prompt for her to, like, leave the life uh, that she's living is not necessarily sex work or anything like that is the violence because yeah. her uh significant other is a mafioso so she's like yeah i don't want to like see people getting killed in the living room anymore it's not even like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so like it's all very like very progressive in very like uh different ways and uh you mentioned the men right the men are so they're so underconstructed so goofy so whatever <laughs> The Caesar, um, I forgot her, the actor's name. I had it here, but oh, I'll Joe Pantaleone. So, Joe yeah. Pantaleone. He's so good. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so great. good. It's a very difficult role. It goes like many different places in very short periods of time. So props to him for playing this character so well. But like these men all freaking die, and we don't care a we second. S- we cheer. Like we cheer. <laughs> we laugh. I mean, there are like. I, I want to, sorry, I don't mean to get in, in the way of your point, but like, it's no, legitimately no. Okay. hysterical when they get killed. Like, it's funny. We're laughing and cheering. <laughs> like, when Joey, what's his, I think it's Joey, right? Joey, the like, absolute cartoon. Johnny. 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 Sorry, sorry. Johnny, who is CS, not CSI guy. It's a uh, law and order guy. The guy <laughs> with yeah. the amazing butt. It's like, it's that's him, you know? Like, he, it's a goofy thing. He's like, oh, don't shoot. And it's like, it's, it's a cartoon. It's so yeah. funny. Sorry, you're totally making a point. I got very excited no, no, about that that, that was That was <laughs> the point. Christopher Maloney is Johnny. Yes, like, it's Maloney. In the year of our Lord 2022, we're here thirsting after uh, Christopher Maloney and his amazing glutes. Yep. But here is Good Johnny. Glutes. You don't <laughs> mind him. You don't mind any of these people dying. They're assholes. Uh, I read a, a little review uh, on autostraddle.com. Uh, Bound is a trans oh, yes. classic is the title. And uh, it's not from the, the the like viewpoint of a trans person. Again, we'll have the links and you can uh, read it if you want to. But there, it, you know, the author talks about, mentions sort of the delicious misandry of the movie. <laughs> and um, it is delicious. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Nothing against man. I married one. Uh, but it is like very, you know, when we're so used to seeing. I think we're so used to seeing like the power plays and the dynamics, even when we have uh, empowered and badass female leads. Like it's nice to see a movie that is like so 
unapologetic about how like no we just these guys all fucking suck and we're gonna yeah. kill them off and you're yeah. gonna be so happy that they're all dead and that they get to get away with crime yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's it's truly so juicy i i i'm obsessed uh but you did mention let's let's talk a lot a little bit about sort of the technical aspects of it uh which I agree with what you said. They're hard to even focus on, but it is very interesting because yeah. this is a very low budget movie. I believe like $6 million or something like yeah. very low of that sort. And it's such a testament to creativity, right? Like you you did mention it's it's really over the top, but still one of the most understated uh, movies by the Wachowski sisters. What do you mean yeah. by that? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, these are these are the sisters who made you know obviously the Matrix is a basically yeah. a, a basically kind of a comic book movie. I mean it would become absolutely comic book by you know the second and third uh, movie in the Matrix series. I love the first one. I still haven't seen the new one, but I I do love the first one. You know these are the women who made uh, Speed Racer, which is a cartoon. You know basically yeah. a cartoon and Jupiter Ascending. One of my personal favorites, to be honest. I love that movie because that movie is just ridiculous like it's just ridiculous that is just camp and camp and camp and camp yeah so this is like their most restrained i think i i mean you i guess you could make an argument for other things but i think it's pretty clearly their most restrained movie and it is still campy and over the top again with the characters with the costumes like jennifer tilly's wardrobe in this movie is pretty ridiculous Apparently, from what the, I read in this interview, was her own wardrobe. I love it. I <laughs> genuinely love that. I feel like I know more about her now, and I love it. I love I identify it. too because I, I, I dress very slutty. I love it. I love Honestly, it. Honestly, it's so good. It's so good. Again, she's doing like the baby doll thing, and she's like playing it up, and she knows that as you know. Again, if it's her wardrobe, then she knows as an actress, like oh, I know I can pull this off. I can do this. Very, very good. Uh, even like. The set design itself, you mentioned in your notes that basically there's like five rooms in this whole movie. Like there's a couple of other locations. There are cars. There is a bar. There's a very brief scene at a lesbian bar. And I think Susie Bright is in that scene because she does have a cameo. So she's both lesbian sex consultant and also uh, lesbian at bar, which is extremely good. (laughs) I don't know. She's I don't know who she is in it, but I just know she's in there somewhere. Lesbian uh, at bar is also an aspirational credit. Honestly, you know. (laughs) It's extremely good. It's a beautiful thing to be, I think. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we're we're going for like a visual style. You know, like the colors are a little bit muted. There's something to the the sort of uh, the actual film itself. Like there is a little bit, it feels like of some sort of lens use or post-processing where the color use feels very affected, right? It does mm-hmm. feel noir-ish because it has like a slightly darker tone. A lot of things are like slightly darker. They're using paint. They're using the world's fakest looking blood that's ever been used <laughs> in the entire history of the universe. You know, they're going for it with this noir feeling, right? So yeah. we're a little campy here and it works so well because we're telling this story that does feel like a very you know, uh, like a classic kind of gangster thriller. It just has this kind of beautiful lesbian romance in it and a sort of, you know, a not I don't want to say gender swapping element because that's not exactly what's going on here. But, you know, we're, we're kind of remixing the pieces a little bit. Like, instead of just having a man in this role, let's have a butch lesbian. Like, a, a butch lesbian who's an ex-con, which is, you know, even more fun and a little bit more affected and a little bit more caricature. So we're playing with all these elements. 
and so we we still get like this very campy movie, even though yeah, it, it's probably played a little straighter than let's say the Matrix or Speed Racer or definitely <laughs> Jupiter Ascending, uh, or a couple. Well, of they other didn't movies. have the budget. Uh, right, it didn't have the budget, and maybe that's why. I mean, that's like just simply why. But they're still getting it in there, which I like. I like camp. I like. Well, I I like camp also because camp is such a you know, big thing in queer filmmaking and queer film history and all kinds of queer performance, right? Camp is a lot, (laughs) a lot of queer history in terms of performance. So I I love the little camera tricks, like usually because they have like the, the, the barrel of the gun. And like you said, they play with paint and blood. The scene where Caesar gets killed by Violet, which is my nickname. Yes, (laughs) I know you don't want to do it. Caesar, you don't know shit. It's amazing. (laughs) But, uh, all of that, like the little camera plays, they do a lot of like the shots from the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, there's one moment, like I said, the character having his face bashed against the toilet, which is horrible. There's a finger falling off, which is why I introduced Danielle as a severed digit. There's yeah. a lot of like over the top elements, but the scene of the toilet, for instance, they do a very interesting little cut that is... Um, Corky is working on her toilet and then we see droplets of blood falling on the toilet and it turns out to be the toilet where Caesar and the other and Johnny and the other mobster guys are torturing uh, some dude hitting his head against the toilet. Poor dude over here. Yeah, The poor, I don't know what he did, but that looked uh, horrible and painful. Uh, Yeah, it looked bad. But like those little playful things and the barrel of the gun. I usually am a little turned off by gimmicky filmmaking and like conditions where it's already like an over the top movie. But in this case, it really made what could have been like sort of boring or ecstatic, like so dynamic. It's just like a very clever choices, like the performances, the, the, the looks, the camera coming, like they did a lot of overhead shots and just like those little funky things yeah. that really, really came together in this one. And again, as somebody who had no idea what I was even about to watch, I was so pleasantly surprised. And again, the trick with the pacing too, to me was interesting. I mentioned it, but yeah, as I was starting off, I was like, what am I even watching? Like I knew from <laughs> the description that like that there would be a scheme and mob <laughs> stuff. But yeah. like for the first 30 minutes, there is none of that. It's just like the seduction and whatever. And I'm like, how, how is this movie? This movie doesn't last five hours. How right? are they going to build? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how are they going to build to it? And they kind of don't. They just pull a 180 on you. And it's so yeah. good. It works so well. Like, I, I don't know. I was... I was so pleasantly like I was giggling, but and I was having a terrible day when I watched oh, it. Oh, I'm had, so had, sorry. Yeah, I had had no sleep. I was like, you know, one of those mindsets where you're like, there's no way I'm gonna enjoy anything right now. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, no, okay, that was the antidote to my grumpiness. <laughs> just Jennifer Tilly <laughs> and yeah. Gina Gershon Gershon just killing dudes and running away together and making philosophical statements about life yeah i completely yeah i'm so glad that it helped and that it wasn't a painful one uh for you because i know last week was a little bit more painful for you i i oh yeah yeah no i i definitely i get it um, I will recover one day, yeah. but I will say, yeah. And after what I was like, I'm so glad that Danielle picked this movie, and also I can see why. 
yeah. why this movie is. But I, when I was wondering, I was like, who's the crush? Is yeah. it Quinn? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I, my guess would have been both, honestly. I was like, you're I right. think it's both. Because yeah, they're both like real right. cute. <laughs> and you're completely right. I mean, like, I again, it's I have just a crush on Gina Gershon. Like, there's yeah. nothing that will take that away in the world. And I think I have a crush on Jennifer Tilly, too, to be honest with you. Just, like, full, fully, full disclosure here. But it's, yeah, it's it's hard not to like both of them. It's hard not to be attracted to both of them. It's hard not to be rooting for both of them. And I feel like yeah. that's even more than a crush. Like, you know, obviously these yeah. are fictional characters. I'm not sitting here saying, like, I'm, I'm like, actually thinking real or anything. But, like, it's, it feels like... Not just a crush, but like a crush you can feel good about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm yeah. sure we'll unpack a lot of those feelings throughout the month. I think uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> as we go over all our crushes and the specific uh, aspect of it, because as we were talking about a little bit in the beginning, right, there is more than just a rational, logical element. But yes. these are actually, like you said, good crushes that you can actually feel good about even though their actions spawn the deaths of several people yeah uh, I just bad people who, <laughs> who killed each other i mean okay listen violet does pull the trigger but like caesar was going to kill her she killed in self-defense first of all and also again he's a he is a, a probably again a trigger warning but like probably abusive partner who's been yeah. like making this incredible vivacious intelligent wonderful queer woman live under his shitty thumb for how many years like just completely like yeah caesar you got what was coming to you dude and honestly props to joe pantaleone for being such a great performer that i it's a love to hate him instead of a like i want to turn the camera i want to turn this off i can't look at you (laughs) what a horrible man it's like he's a horrible man that you are excited to watch him get his come up it's like it's it's a great performance (laughs) yeah I hope he lives a long... I hope he dies eventually. Right. But I want him to, like... Right. I want to enjoy him until the very end. Oh, and that, like, you know, paint angel death. Like, oh, chef's kiss. Again, I the chef was kissing the whole time. The chef yeah. has been kissing this whole movie, and here it is at the end. Uh, just, a, just a feel-good thriller. And not all yeah. thrillers are feel-good thrillers. Oh, absolutely. And I, I will I will clarify this, okay, to our male listeners. Yes. <laughs> we love you too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to say <laughs> that all men need to die again. I feel like that's counterproductive. And I've I've moved moved past that phase of my feminist awakening. <laughs> but uh, it's just yeah. interesting to see a movie that is so unapologetically, uh, you know, like, I'm just going to play these guys as goofs. Like, yep. they're going to be just these one-layered people that you really develop no feelings for. It's just interesting in a universe where there's that's not a lot, not very common. Very refreshing. Yeah. Uh, as, as I always say, good dudes rock. I don't, good dudes I, rock. I, I like women more than men romantically, but I think that good dudes rock and that yeah. there are good dudes. So, like... Don't worry. But this, this is coming was, from this us. This one for us. That's yeah, exactly. all I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, folks. Like, most movies are not for the queers. Like, this one is for us. All right? You know? And it's okay. You know, we ha- every now and then we get one, you know? Uh, yeah. And I'm, and I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah. And let 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 people have their their own little moments. This is gonna be forget from a person who is a Van Damme, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Statham enthusiast. So it's like for sure. Yeah. Sa- big same, honestly. 
Big same. So again, Danielle, we contain multitudes. We contain multitudes. <laughs> and our podcast contains multitudes. multitudes. Well. <laughs> we really run the gamut here. Uh yeah. the show. Have you- <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. Having said all that, I feel like we covered a lot. Is there anything else you want to add uh, about the movie before we move on into our final segment? No, I feel really good. I feel very, very good about our discussion and and the ground that we covered. Just what a fucking classic. Legit. Like, what a classic. For me, this is a classic for me. So, yeah. It, it is to me now. It is yes! to me now. Yes! Yes! <laughs> like, so The Godfather happy. Who. This is the right? quintessential mafia movie. I from agree! From now on. <laughs> I agree! Completely! <laughs> that sets us up perfectly for our third and final segment of the show, a segment called Shelf Life, in which we discuss where we're going to put the movie into our, in, when it comes to the display, the physical display of our delightful neighborhood video stores. So get into, let's get into the, the final segment, Shelf Life. Okay, so Danielle, moment of truth. I kind of have a feeling from yeah, I think you do. <laughs> of where you believe this movie should be placed as a reminder to our old listeners and as a uh, explanation for our new listeners. We have three little little spaces where we can place our movies here. They can go way up high into a Steph Big Shelf, a very, very high honor. They can be in the middle aisle, which is not bad at all. It's totally fine. The middle aisle is probably our most spacious sector of the yes. <laughs> of our yes. little store. Uh, and it's also completely acceptable. And then there is the dumpster, which is not acceptable. It should not be the dumpster. The dumpster sucks. People wear low-rise jeans in the dumpster. They do TikTok dances all the time. They believe that green juice detoxes you and not your liver. The dumpster sucks. So that's the dumpster. We have these three little spots and we have some wiggle room between some categories, but I feel like we th- that wiggle room won't be needed today. Danielle, yeah. where is Bound going? I think we all know that mm-hmm. uh, this is definitely a staff pick for me. This is a foundational film for me, and it's also incredibly good and I think offers a fun, g- excellent thriller, even if you are not necessarily as like moved on a deep emotional level by the lesbian romance and the sort of revolutionariness revolutionary qualities of it as a queer film uh it holds up as a very very fun thriller with a gorgeous romance uh wonderful chemistry between our leads and also a very 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 fun performance by joe pantaleone as the worst man in the universe so (laughs) i think it's up there i think it deserves to be up there my vote is for bound to be a staff pick I'm not even going to like do suspense. I was coming into the show. I was kind of leaning toward middle aisle. But after our discussion, yeah, I am. I am on board the the staff pick shelf train. Thank you. And it's thank just, you for making this journey with me. I appreciate it. I, I thank you for bringing me on it with you. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. A very easy, clear staff pick for us. Love that for us. I, yeah. Another happy ending. 
Yay! The <laughs> happiest ending. <laughs> like Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon, just Gershon. I don't know. I, 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 whatever. I'm sorry, people. I won't get names right eventually. Uh, walking into, driving into the sunset. Yeah. Danielle and I are driving into the Steph Picks, holding yes. a copy of Bound in our hands. Yes, it's beautiful. Amazing. Love that for us. <laughs> Well, that is all for this week, everyone. Thank you again for my wonderful co-host for joining me. Thank you at home for listening. Thank you to our producer, Paul Tangerantonic Tamayo, for all the help in making this show not only not suck, but also kind of rule. We do hope you come back to our friendly neighborhood video store next week when we will continue Spring Fling Month with my pick, which is Only Lovers left alive featuring tom hiddleston and tilda swinton as very cultured vampires we'd love for you to join us next week again we'd love to hear from you if you want to continue the conversation and you can just do that by heading on over to fanby.casa and joining our discord channel where you can chat with us and with fellow listeners um again this is a month where we get to pick characters not actors characters that we have crushes on so i feel like this is this will lead to some productive and interesting conversations in that slack channel possibly revealing possibly too revealing we'll see by the end of the month (laughs) (laughs) if you like the work that we do and you want to show some support you can rate and review our show on apple Podcasts. you can do that on spotify as well so we can hopefully get on more listeners uh raters because these vhs rewinders break all the time and they're not cheap we need to replace them you can also tell people about our show tell that friend who likes movies if they like hearing about movies they can join us too spread the word a special thanks for the new reviews we recently uh, got on on apple podcast we really appreciate it you can just tell us to our faces that we're really cool we'll take those too (laughs) (laughs) tough times we take our encouragement from where we can get it you can check out our other podcasts over at fanby.com slash podcast you can follow us on twitter at fanbyte media or at instagram on instagram at fanbyte you can follow me on twitter at nanda prachis that's n-a-n-d-a-p-r-a-t-s underscore and on instagram at just nanda prachis without the underscore where can people follow you on social media Danielle they can follow me on Twitter at Danielle R.I. you can follow Paul at Pauly Mayo on Twitter you can follow us on TikTok at Fanbyte and of course on Fanbyte.com as well as our streams on Twitch.tv slash Fanbyte that is it for this week we will see you all again next week and until then you love to see it